I wanted to call attention to something, um, two things actually, and then I wanted to pray and then we'll get into God's Word. The first thing is I wanted to find out how many veterans, those who have served in the military uh, here with us, would you stand? If you've served in one military branch or another. Thank you. Thank you for serving. Uh, your service ensures our freedom as a nation. And uh, our, our hearts of gratitude are not big enough to say to you how grateful we are. Especially in light of what just happened uh, two days ago in France. We've got a lot of people in France that, that have lost loved ones. And um, I know that we have people who are hurting and things like these seem to be, and they are tragic, and we don't understand them. And, and yet, God is still in control, and God is good. God is on the throne today, and God will take what is ugly and turn it into something that's beautiful for Him. And so I would like us to <clears throat> thank the Lord for those who have served in our armed forces, and I would also like to pray for those who are uh, in grief today, in a country far from ours, but a, an ally of ours in France. And I'm, my heart's prayer has been, since I heard it, that because of this tragic event, people will come to Christ. Sometimes it takes things like this to shake people up. I heard uh, a lady say something about the universe was with her, and I thought, oh, Lord. It wasn't the universe that was with her. You had your hand upon her, and you spared her life to give her an opportunity to come to know who you are. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I thank you for every man and every woman that has served so faithfully in protection of this nation. We are truly a blessed nation, and many times we don't understand the blessings. And I thank you for the families of those who willingly sent their fathers and their mothers and their brothers and sisters off to serve for this country and for the freedom that we uh, we have today. So thank you, Father. And today our heart goes out for those who are missing loved ones, who've lost loved ones. Lord, my heart, you know, is grieved personally because I know that there are people that slipped off into a Christless eternity. You can take something ugly like this in France, Lord, and turn it into you. Something that's beautiful and so I pray today. I pray for our international workers there who are right in the midst of it all, meeting physical needs and emotional needs and, and mostly meeting spiritual needs. I pray that as, as the questions come in that society where many people say there is no God, I pray that, Lord, you will show yourself in a powerful way there. And that men and women, children will be drawn to you because of this event. Your name be glorified, Lord. Your name be blessed. Pray for the remainder of our service. I pray that you would take my lips, the meditation of my heart, the thoughts in my mind, and bring them under your control, Lord. Holy Spirit, I submit myself to you fully and completely. I pray that you would help me to say the things that you want me to say and not to say the things that are of myself, but only of you, Lord Jesus. 
speak to our hearts, Lord. Help us to have hearts ready to see, receive what you have for us today. Help us to be people of obedience, willing to do what you're asking us to do. In the great name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray. Well, <clears throat> today I have the privilege of being able to bring the Word of God to you. <clears throat> we have so much to be grateful for as followers of Jesus in this great country. We come to a place like this building this morning and hear great worship, and we can pray openly to God, and all of this in, in a safe place. And I'm not so sure how much we really understand what we have in this great nation and in this town of Lander. I just recently heard of a man down in Texas who was very wealthy, and he had a habit of getting his dad very expensive and unique gifts for Father's Day. One year, he bought his dad a hand glider and lessons to boot. You buy your dad a hand glider, you better buy lessons for him to be able to fly it. And so that was great. And another year, he knew his dad was a country music lover, and, and he knew that he loved Slim Whitman's music. And so he went out and he bought the whole collection of Slim, uh, Slim Whitman's uh, greatest hits and all the hits and all the songs he'd ever uh, written and sung, and he got an audience with Slim himself and had him sign and autograph every single bit of the music and and uh, the songs. And he presented it to his dad for Father's Day, an appreciation of and to show his dad how grateful he was for his dad and what his dad meant to him. <clears throat> and the following year, he was really wanting to outdo himself, and so. He searched around and he found out that there was a very special bird that was found down in South America. And uh, the name of the bird was called a translator bird. Uh, reason being is it uh, could speak in five different languages. It's pretty amazing. And as he began to research this, he found one, this one particular bird, the translator bird. <clears throat> and this bird could sing the yellow rose of Texas in a number of different keys while standing on one leg. <laughs> And he said, that is the present for my dad. I don't care what it costs. And he spent over $10,000 to purchase this particular bird because he said, it's worth every single penny to show my dad how grateful I am for him. And so he gave that bird to his dad on Father's Day. A week or so after Father's Day, the son called his dad up and asked dad, hey, dad. How did you like that bird? And his dad's response was, it was delicious. We have so many things to be thankful for, and sometimes we can't see all that God has given us. We forget the price that has been paid. We have to have an attitude of gratitude. And many times we have an attitude of ingratitude. When I attended college years ago, I was required to attend a winterim term study. <clears throat> and during that term study, uh, we had the privilege of watching a series called How Shall We Then Live uh, by the renowned philosopher and theologian Francis Schaeffer. And I learned a great deal about how the Western society was formed and the thinkers and the great thinkers and 
how that played into who we are as a nation and the freedoms we have. Francis Schaeffer once said, the beginning of man's rebellion against God was and is the lack of a thankful heart. We are all being influenced today by a belief that we can make things happen on our own. We are the ones who are the source of our own happiness. What we have and can accumulate is what will bring true joy. A pastor, Dr. Calvin Whitman, said, It is an attitude that sees oneself as a source of strength, happiness, and prosperity. We as Christians are influenced by this sentiment and live with the ever-present danger of thinking that we are what we are or have what we have solely because of what we have done. I find that a very intriguing statement. For those of us who are followers of Christ, we should never give in to this kind of thinking. This is thinking that is opposed to a spirit-led life. Because none of it is out of our own efforts. It's all because of what Jesus did and the leading of His Holy Spirit in our lives. Jesus is the one and only one who has paid the full price. He's the reason for our joy and happiness. And we are privileged ones here in this country who have the opportunity of sharing the good news to the people around the world about Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ has done. Of all people, we should be people with an attitude. Attitude. In Psalms 100, we're told to be people with an attitude of gratitude or thanksgiving. We're told to be thankful to the Lord for He is the one that we owe everything to. Today, I'd like us to take a look at Psalms 100. Taking a look at the first verse, we find that the Lord is worthy of our praise. Psalm 101 reads, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Make a joyful noise. In the Jewish religion and in the celebration of who God was, God was seen as the source of all joy. And so in their rituals and in their worship of God, what was centered and, and primary, the focal point, was God. Because God, in your, when you're in His presence, there is joy. And so out of that, in this verse, the psalmist tells us to make a joyful noise. And we're to express our thanks and gratitude to the Lord in a real noisy, verbal way. I find that to be interesting. You know, people get really excited over sports events. Uh, I won't say which daughter it was, but one of my daughters was dating a young man. And this young man happened to come from South America. Now, I don't know if, if many of you have had the opportunity to be around South Americans, but when it comes to football, and I'm not talking about American football, I'm talking about the game that you play with the ball at your feet, football, or what we call soccer, they go absolutely bananas and crazy. <clears throat> Well, this particular young man was from Ecuador, and uh, he was uh, dating my daughter, and there was a game between Ecuador, and I can't remember what the other country was, and it was one of those qualifiers, and if Ecuador won, they went into the World Cup in their division, 
And if, if Ecuador lost, they got bumped out. And so we invited this young man up to our house, and we were sitting there, and we had chips and all kinds of stuff, and it was going to be a party. And, and I was used to, you know, kind of cheering and being excited, but I wasn't used to what was going to happen. Uh, when, Ecuador, when Ecuador scored, this guy went crazy. He jumped up screaming at the top of his lungs and started dancing. And then, and then started cheering in, in a language I don't know. But he was what we would call an, enthu- an enthusiast or a very enthusiastic follower of football. You know, <clears throat> I know that there's some enthu- enthusiastic people here with American football. In fact, I know that there's at least four ladies here that after the service today, they're going to go home and they probably got chips and Cokes and everything ready. And they're going to turn on that television and wait for a special team. What's the name of that team? Chicago Chicago Wolves? What is Chicago Bears? Okay. <clears throat> but I guarantee you, if you get to go to their party, there'll be a lot of cheering and a lot of noise and a lot of enthusiasm. Ah! <laughs> That's good. That's good. There's something, there's something about the word enthusiasm. The word enthused comes from a Greek word that means to be possessed of God. You know that? Possessed of God. So when you're enthusiastic, actually what you're saying is, I'm being possessed of God. The question is, what God is possessing you when you are being enthusiastic? The Lord is worthy of our praise. And sometimes I wonder, not this morning, because this morning I sensed that there are a lot of people who were sensing the presence of God, and it was a real excitement as we were praising and worshiping God. And that thrills my heart to see people who are truly possessed by God and know who God is and know when you're in His presence and, and the enthusiasm and excitement and the, and the noise that's made. In this verse, we're told to be very noisy, to make a joyful noise to God. And just in case you think that he's only talking about the people of Israel or the children of Israel or Jewish people, that's not the case because it says in this verse, all the earth. One translation says, all ye lands. Another one says, all you people. And so God is worthy of our praise. In the second verse of Psalms 100, Verse 2, it says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with thanksgiving, or come into His presence with singing. The Lord is worthy of our service. That's what we're hearing here. Serve the Lord with gladness. And so there, there's a way we are to serve the Lord. There are three things about serving God that are implied in the word service itself. The first thing is humility. You can't truly serve someone unless you're humble. A good servant is a humble servant. And so we are to serve the Lord with humility. The second thing is faithfulness. You can't truly serve someone unless you're faithful to them, otherwise you will end up betraying them. 
there will be betrayal that will take place. So if we're to be true servants of the Lord, we are to serve Him faithfully and fully in every way. And the other area that's implied is action. There's always some form of action that takes place when you serve someone. If there's no action, then guess what? There is no service. Humility, faithfulness, and action. And we read here, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with thanksgiving. You know, I know that you all have heard Pastor Ken, our senior pastor here, who was off uh, visiting his family in California, and he'll be back next week. I know you have often heard him talk about all of us as ministers of the gospel of Jesus. We're all his servants, folks. It's not the paid pastoral staff. It's not the professional ministers. We are all ministers, and we are all called to serve the Lord. We are told in Scripture that as followers of Christ, we're all called ministers, servants of the Lord. God is more concerned with what we are than what we do because what and who we are will determine what we do. We are servants. And the Word says here that we are to serve the Lord with thanksgiving or a grateful heart, a heart full of gratitude. You know, in the Old Testament, in the book of Deuteronomy uh, 28 and uh, verses before 47 and following, the Lord basically gives a warning to the children of Israel. And He says that He will curse them because they are not serving Him with a heart of gratitude. They're not serving Him with a heart of thanksgiving. And then He sends them on an exile because it's so important in our service, to serve God with a heart of gratitude. Many Christians who call themselves followers of Christ live their lives without joy or gladness. This is because they have the wrong focus on life. They're focusing on things. Their service in the church is what they can get out of it, not what they can give. They think material things will bring them happiness. Toys and more toys, and home, and land, and more, and more, and more. And it's all about me, myself, and I. And that's not what the Scripture says here. We need to be thinking about what really causes us and brings us true joy and true happiness. And what brings us true joy and true happiness is to be serving the Lord with a heart of gratefulness. We're called to serve the Lord with gladness and with joy. Now, I know that we have a, a, a number of people, and there's a rotation that's taking place in our fellowship where people come in on Saturday and they arrange all the chairs and get them straightened up and they clean the floors and make sure our bathrooms are in, in shape and the kitchen's taken care of. And I've been a part of that. And I want to confess that sometimes when I'm in here and I'm serving that way, I'm not having a heart full of gratitude. Because you know what I'm thinking is, how come I'm here? Just because I'm on staff, does that mean that I have to do this? And where is everybody else? I'm sure everybody else is as busy as I was before I got here. Me, me, I, for me. Well, I'll just sweep the floor and I'll make sure I get it clean. 
What kind of attitude is that? That's not an attitude of serving the Lord with gladness. My attitude should be, Lord, I am so thankful that you have given me the ability to sweep the floors and to see the dirt and to smell the filth and everything else. That's the attitude I need to have, right? An attitude of gladness because I'm serving the Lord and if I don't want to be accursed, I need to be serving the Lord with gladness, thanksgiving, and with joy. And we can do this and we can understand what it means to serve the Lord with joy and gladness as we look at verse 3. Because verse 3 says, basically, God is good. God alone is good. Verse 3 says, Know the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Here we see that no one else deserves our praise and our worship like we need to give to God. God is to be first in our lives, first in everything. God is to be first in our work. First in our occupation, first in our home, first in our family. God is over our wife. God is over our husband. God is over our children. God is over our animals. God is over everything. Because God is good and He alone is the one that we are to praise and bless. We have no rights or claims of ourselves. We belong to Him. The end of this verse tells us we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. And as His people, God protects us. And as His people, God leads us as He leads sheep. Because He says that He is our shepherd. In times of sorrow, He is the one and only one who can comfort us. God is also the one who provides for all our needs. And He is the one who actually prospers. So if you think you're prosperous because of what you've done, sorry, I want to inform you, it's not. It's because God chooses to prosper. We belong to Him, and He is the only true source of all of our blessings. It is He who is the only one worthy of our blessings. So here we see that we are called to bless Him. In verse 4 it says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. God is worthy of all of our blessing. In the Old Testament time, the presence of the Lord was shown when the Ark of the Covenant came out. And every time the Ark of the Covenant came out to go to battle, or to, to be moved from one place to another, there was a joyous celebration. And eight people were full of praise and thanksgiving because they could see that the ark was being moved and they knew that God was present and God was present with them. The great thing is that when Jesus Christ died on the cross and He shed His blood for our sins and for the forgiveness of everything, He promises that He will dwell within us. And now we are in His presence. And if you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, guess what? You're in the presence of God 
24-7. We're not waiting for the Ark of the Covenant to come out, but you're in the presence of God. And it says that we are to come into His courts with thanksgiving and praise. We're to give Him thanks and we're to bless His name. You know, the Jewish people were taught that from the time they woke up to the time they went to sleep, they were to constantly bless the Lord. Bless the Lord for a good sleep. Bless the Lord for breath. Bless the Lord for strength to stand up. Bless the Lord for their food. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Because they understood that God and God alone is the one that brings us blessings. My wife is an early riser. She sets her alarm and it goes off at an ungodly hour. And when it goes off, I wake up and I go, oh God, it's morning. And that's not the kind of attitude I need to have. It should be, oh God, I heard the alarm go off. Bless your name. Oh God, bless your name because I just took a breath. I took my first breath that I recognize today. Oh God, bless your name. God, bless your name because you're present here with me. Lord, bless your name that my wife set the alarm clock at that ungodly hour because in that way I could rise and, and know that I'm awake and you've given me another day to bless you. That needs to be the kind of heart that I need to have. And I don't know what kind of heart you need to have except for that God says He is the only one worthy of our blessing. It says, enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with blessing. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. Are we blessing His name? Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. In all circumstances, not because of what we have, but in every circumstance, good and bad, it doesn't matter. God calls us to be blessing His name. And Paul reminds us that we need to constantly give thanks. Bless the Lord for who He is. In Psalms 100 verse 5, the final verse, it says, For the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever, His faithfulness to all generations. God is good, and His love is eternal. We're told in this verse that God is always good. And that He will always love us. And for that reason, we are to bless Him. And bless Him because of His faithfulness. And it's not just for now, but guess what? It's for all generations. It's a promise that God is good to all generations. I'm sure you can tell me stories this morning about how God was good to the generations before you. I've had an opportunity to be with Al on a number of days and to hear stories about God's goodness to his family from the old country and then when they came here. And, and it's, it's not like he was saying, well, I want to tell you about how good God was. No, he was just telling me stories after story after story and you could see the hand of God and his blessing upon his family. I come from a family that is deeply blessed. And I thank God because of my 
great-grandfather and my grandfather and my mom and my father and the blessings that they I have seen because of God's goodness. He is a God of love. As Americans, we often complain about how hard life is and we lose sight of how blessed we are. I came across an illustration this week as I was uh, working on this message and I thought it was a very interesting illustration and I'd like to read it to you. It's been calculated that if we were reduced, if we were to reduce the world's population to a city of 1,000 inhabitants, 46 of these people would be Americans and the 945 would be representative of the rest of the world's population. Those 46 Americans would receive half of the income of the city and the other one half would be divided among the remaining 945. The 46 Americans would have a life expectancy of 75 years while the other 945 would live less than 40 years. The Americans would have 15 times as many possessions per person as the rest of the people, while the Americans would receive more than their daily food requirements, 800 wouldn't have what we call a balanced meal. And here's the tragedy. The dogs and cats of the American people today have a better diet than most of the people. We have much to be thankful for. We need to do what that old-time song, that old-time hymn says, counts your blessings. You know that song? One of the stanzas goes, When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost. Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. We need to be people who are counting our blessings, people of gratitude. We truly have much to bless the Lord for. We need to be people with an attitude of gratitude because God is worthy of praise. God is worthy of our service. He alone is Lord of all. God is worthy of blessing. And most of all, because God is good. And as I close this message, I thought it would be fitting for us to put into practice what we've just been talking about and what we I asked uh, Jamie if he would be prepared with a mic. And I want to give us opportunity as a congregation to verbally, to verbally pronounce or vocalize the blessings that God has given us. Remember it says to make a joyful noise. That might, that's not just a little whisper. That's a verbal declaration. And so... I told you that I'm trying to learn to be thankful for the alarm clock. And this morning, it didn't go off, and so I'm very thankful it didn't go off. Uh, but I'm thankful that God woke me up and, and that I had an opportunity to breathe. And so I'm wondering, is there one or two or three or four or however many people? Um, if you have something you'd like to thank the Lord for, just short and brief, Jamie has the mic. Jamie's going to hold on to the mic. He doesn't give the mic up. Uh, the mic is a precious thing, but he will hold it for you and just say what you have on your heart that you're grateful for. So, we have one right over here, James. Testing, testing. Oh. 
I am so thankful for the job that I have on the Wind River Reservation. I get to work with children ages zero to five, and it has enriched my life beyond words, and I am very thankful to God for that. I'm really thankful that the Lord has provided for us with our fire. Alan moved into his new shop this last week. Praise the Lord. So he's coming along. Um, I'm thankful for my healthy, beautiful son. Amen. My wife and I moved to Lander four months ago, and I'm so very thankful that God moved us to be a party of this body of Christ in this church. Thank you, right up here. I am incredibly thankful for this crazy man that I sit next to and all of this entire congregation that is my family. <laughs> I'm thankful for uh, the children's church ministry and what it's done for our kids. Amen. That's right. Deanna back there. Back in the back. Well, as I was thinking about being thankful this week, um, we sing this song at this church, and many of you know it. It says, blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be, blessed be your name. It also says, blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, so I walk through the wilderness. And I'm sure that, like me, there's many of you that have been when your world is all as it should be, and you've also been in the desert place. But as the Bible says in Psalms 1, <clears throat> 118, it says, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And I am just thankful that God is with us in the easy times, and God is with us in the hard times. And um, we just need to be thankful and bless his name. We have one up here. We've got one back there and one up here. I'm just thankful for all the people in uniform that I get to work with. Not just the brown and blue uniforms, but for those in the orange and red uniforms as well. Uh, they have a heart and they have lives and they're loved. And some of them aren't loved, but uh, uh, God loves them. And uh, being able to, to work with them and share that love with them is the greatest gift of all. So, Excellent. Up here, Jamie, right up in front. We're going to take two more, and then uh, that's kind of a key for the worship team to get ready because right. Marissa's going to say her thing. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I just wanted to just say how thankful I am that the Lord moved us here to Wyoming five years, five and a half years, five and a half years ago, uh, God has just continued to keep his hand upon our family and teach us so many things and learn how to be, uh, learn how to be reliant on him through all things. Two more, well, boom, maybe we have to go for another one. Okay. That's right. <laughs> I'm thankful that that man is with you. <laughs> I'd just like to say thank you for all the prayers for my niece Diane she's um, off the ventilator and she's still hanging in there and I'd also like to say a special thanks to our praise team that we 
we never give enough credit to. Amen. We got one more over there. Wow. Okay. I'm thankful for my uh, neck. Or the doctor said it had to fuse my neck, and it got healed on October 4th. So I'll completely healed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Remember, we still have uh, that little uh, bucket back there. If you want us to pray for something, just fill that out and drop it in there. And uh, pastoral staff and then elders and the board members, uh, we get together and we pray for those things. And we've seen uh, things like just what was uh, just testified today, that, that God does touch. He does heal. We, we serve a, a Savior, a sanctifier, a healer, and we serve our coming King. And um, I trust that throughout this week, we would uh, have a, a grateful heart because that's the right attitude to live in. And that um, we would live knowing that we are in the presence of God. And being in the presence of God is a privilege. And we owe Him everything. And we are so grateful for His goodness. Let me pray. Father, thank You. Thank You so much for sending Your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for your, your Holy Spirit, for the filling of your Spirit. Thank you, Father, that you want to teach us how to be grateful people, reminding us that we have so much and uh, that you are a good God. You love us. Thank you, Father, for my brothers and sisters here today. Thank you for bringing April, my wife, and our family here to Lander, two years ago, thank you for bringing us here to Wind River today. Thank you for my family, Lord, here. In Jesus' name.